Hello, this is the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. Tune in as I update you week by week along my pregnancy journey. Episodes will also feature chats with new and expecting moms. So let's get into it. This is 31 Weeks Pregnant. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks, and thank you so much for listening. I am currently 31 weeks pregnant. I'm feeling good, but before we hear too much about me, let's hear about what we can expect at 31 weeks. Now that you're 31 weeks pregnant, your baby's brain is getting more sophisticated and he's more active than ever in there, pedaling his feet, sucking his thumb, and practicing other important skills for the real world. You may be running to the bathroom more frequently and feeling tired faster these days. So brain connections, your baby's brain connections are developing at a rapid pace, which is a good thing because uh, he's got billions of them. Sleepy baby. Your baby is a drowsy one, putting in longer stretches of snooze time, especially REM sleep. And if you want to wake him up, you can eat or drink something sugary. Uh, Your brainy baby can already process information and pick up signals from all five senses. If you're 31 weeks pregnant, you're in month seven of your pregnancy, only two months left to go. And uh, let's see how big the baby is. So weighing in at three plus pounds, measuring about 16 inches long, your baby is quickly approaching their birth weight, although they have to pack on another three to five pounds before delivery. And they're basically the size of a coconut. Okay, so it's March 3rd, 2021. I am 31 weeks pregnant, seven months. And today I'm going to chat with comedian Esther Steinberg about her experience with pregnancy and now parenting. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast. Today I am joined by Esther Steinberg. She is a stand up comedian and mom. She has a stand up special coming out March 30th called Burning Bush. It's going to be on iTunes and Amazon. She's also the host of Stand Up Mom Podcast. And if that wasn't enough, she is frequently on the show up early tonight on Hulu, brought to you by Scary Mommy and Huggies, I think, right? Yes. Huggies, yeah. I had Abby on the show Amazing. a couple weeks ago. So I, I knew that. But yeah, She's how you so doing? Funny. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing good. The kid went down. Um, I've been alone with him for like two days, and I actually kind of like it. Oh, Sometimes okay. it's nice to just get dad out of the house mm-hmm. and just do things mom's way. No discussion, no like who's gonna do this diaper. It's just me and Momo and we're figuring it out together and <laughs> oddly it's been really nice don't tell anyone I won't I swear when I came mean home, I'm like the whole audience oh I've been alone with my own kid oh thank god you're home <laughs> like I didn't want to yeah. tell him just how great he napped and just right. how great he's been <laughs> um but I just hit nine months and I feel like that's a milestone and I also feel like I just had a baby really okay I feel yeah. like simultaneously I'm really have made it to of 
great big chunk of time. And also I feel like I just had a kid and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, that makes sense. That sounds good. Yeah. I just (laughs) had a baby and I still feel like I'm a new mom. I just had a baby. I just, and it's like, nah, bitch, you've been at it for nine months. You know, they do different stuff every month. So it's like a new kid every month. Yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, We are, he's really, really heavy and bulky and big and strong. So yeah. lots of things happening. Big, bulky, <laughs> tough boy who is just constantly wanting to do the next thing. And so yeah. I'm just kind of taking his lead. Okay, if he's so interested in exploring what's next, what's next, then I'll push him. I'm like, be like, all right, let's. So we're he's like trying to stand on his own. And then I think we're going to get there soon. And then mm-hmm. I really want him to walk. You're excited for walking because that I'm means really, more travel. Yes, but it also just means I'm assuming less lifting him. Right, Maybe yeah. not because I'm chasing after him. He's a really good crawler. He like <laughs> zips, zip, 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 zip. And I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, right now, I think he's a dog. Everything he does is a dog. He walks on all fours. He uh-huh. like likes treats, puffs, snacks. <laughs> I can get him like, can come here, him come somewhere. here, come here. <laughs> You want a treat? And I literally can get him to do things with treats. Yeah. And then I use a little spray bottle and he like giggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's similar to bubbles, but also like spray bottles seem like they're probably fun to play yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on walks and then I'm like, this, he's a dog. At this point, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, I do have, I have walks in my just had a baby plan. So is that something you guys do like daily, multiple yes. times a day? The one we will right now it's one sad cold walk. Right. It's rough because it's I'm also March. a real I'm really sensitive to the cold weather. I'll say mm-hmm. it. I hate cold weather. Yeah, I hate cold weather. said sucks. it. Yeah. There are some individuals who are like, I kind of like it. Oh, it's t- it's chilly. I don't know that they have Southern accents, but they're mm-hmm. like, okay with the chilly. And mm-hmm. some people look like really cute all bundled up. And it's, no, I hate it. No, I, I only like it if it's snowing and it looks really nice. That's the only time I'm like, oh, this is nice. Let's go for a walk. But then once the snow's gone and it's just mounds of disgusting ice on the corner, then I'm I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes a personality to like, there are people whose favorite season is winter and I yeah. have to be like, you're wrong. Yeah. They are. You are wrong. That I is heard, False. People are like, well, when you're cold, it's all that you can feel. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Feel something else. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so I want to we hear about your stand-up special and I want to hear about your birth experience. So where do you want to start? I mean, we'll start with the conception, right? P and okay. the V. Yeah. Yeah. Let's it was, uh, we got married and we like had sex and After, I was like, like, at, like the wedding, like, night? um, a day before the wedding. And we, okay. I was like, or two days before, because we didn't spend the night the night before. Right. And then, so our I'll just say our wedding weekend, mm-hmm. um, he, for the first time, didn't pull out. 
Oh, so he was like, I'm already in it at this rate. I, we were basically so hyped on wedding juju. Yeah. With wedding. I called it like bride crack. I was just like mm-hmm. really on a, such a high and we wanted to start a family and we, and it, by the way, it was 2019 and everything in right. the world was great. Yes, Except yes. for everything in the world is wasn't great, but but no. it wasn't exposed. It wasn't this. Um, yeah, it wasn't this. <laughs> anyway, so we were just like, yeah, we want to start a family. Oh my god, we're getting married, and I'm like, don't pull out. Let's start now. We assumed, we absolutely assumed that it was going to take many many months to get pregnant. Right. Because it takes many many months. To, it just it just yeah. does. It did not for us. Yeah. We had a wild. All of a sudden I missed my period and I found out. And then I was like, we were about to go on our honeymoon. It was a couple of weeks after our wedding. And I was like, wait a minute, I am pregnant, but I didn't want to accept it. And then I, right. I had like a little bit of spotting and I'm like, oh, I got my period. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I have like a huge, gross, heavy flow. And this is like the most. Right. Just spot. It was a little teeny <laughs> spot. And I was like, yeah. how lucky am I? What a light period. Yeah. And then I did some Googling, which was like the beginning of my journey with Google. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if if you if sometimes when the sperm imprints the egg and fertilizes, that then it causes spotting. So you think you're having a period. It's like, what a mind fuck. Like you think you're waiting on your period and exactly when your period would happen is when spotting happens to indicate that there's a fertilized egg. Yeah. It's and then it's nine months of freaking out to make sure (laughs) I hope that this doesn't turn into a miscarriage because everywhere I went, people were like, well, don't be so sure. I know. That was carries. And I was like, annoying. Okay, I know that everyone miscarries. I, 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 but, but can we still celebrate my pregnancy? Yeah. I had a couple of friends who were like, <laughs> can you stop telling people? And I'm like, it's fine. Cause I was eight weeks pregnant at my wedding. So oh my anyone God. who came, I told because I wasn't going to like tell this story where I'm like, oh, I'm just like not drinking at my wedding. Like, I'm not going to make up some story. Oh my God. I don't know what's that. worse being pregnant on your honeymoon or pregnant on your wedding. Well, I didn't, I had a pandemic wedding, so it's not like it was going to be like a crazy party dancing. Anyway, we rented a townhouse, but it would, I think works on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we went to Italy and, and they were like, would you like, so which uh, it wasn't even, would you want wine? It's like, it's and like which wine? wine can we, mm-hmm. Can we get, uh, did you take a look at our wine? Do you want wine? Would you like wine? And I'm like, yeah, I want wine, but I don't want to kill my child. Yeah. But if you told them you were pregnant, they'd be like, so I'll give you a little. And I tried and everyone was smoking cigarettes into my mouth, into my lungs. Like it was pre-pandemic and people were just puffing Mm -hmm. giant clouds of smoke into my face and I was like running away like I can't but it was I wasn't before but I wasn't telling anyone I was pregnant because I was technically like five weeks six weeks yeah um according to the pregnancy app my kid was the size of a grain of rice right yes yes I (laughs) recall 
And then it became a blueberry. Or I think <laughs> I was, I don't know. Oh my God. Blueberries oh. way further down. You could have like poppy seed. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the food. Yeah. <laughs> but I immediately was like, my back hurts. And then I told my mom my back hurt. And she was like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell my mom I'm not pregnant because I am, but it would have been nice to announce it. But instead, my mom basically yanked out the information. Right. Yeah. Moms. She knew. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, my back kind of sh- pregnant. You're pregnant. You must be pregnant. And I'm like, sure. And then I did all this, you know, dumb research about how your bones have, what is it? The hormone that makes it all painful. Uh, it's called relaxant or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And, and then, and then, you know, it was really painful in my back. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I had the lower back pain. I didn't have too many symptoms, but I had lower back pain in the beginning. Yeah. That's good. Cause ever, and then, and then certain smells were like getting to me, but in general, I was just like, okay, my back is killing me. And then other than that, I lucked out without too much like morning sickness and everything that people constantly are like complaining about how much they're throwing up. But I'm like, I didn't quite have that, but I had a crazy appetite and I just went crazy. Eight, 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 eight. In the beginning or the whole time? I don't know if it was as much in the beginning, but by the second trimester, it was third trimester. I mean, I was like scarfing like two, like probably twice as much as I normally ate, possibly three times. Noah was like, you know, he, he would be like the burrito guy. And I was like, everything he ate, I met really I was eating like I was a, you know, 245 pound man. I feel like for the past month, I have just not been hungry and I feel like I have heartburn and, and I get full so quick. But in the beginning I was like savagely starving. Like if you even <laughs> interfered with me eating, I like got into a fight with a friend. I would be mad at Mike. Like I, yeah. I needed to eat and I needed to eat immediately. Uh, yeah. And yeah, then now I'm like, am I fucking up? I don't eat that um, much. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a little person inside you being like, feed me and you'll listen. And right, it comes yeah. in you being super hungry. Yeah. I mean, I've had a banana, a smoothie, spaghetti, some chicken and pizza today. So I'm doing okay. You're like, and I just like barely eat. I barely eat. I, I like, I like legit don't eat. <laughs> I was just scarfing down. I mean, it was just, and I think Noah was like found himself useful in cooking food and making food. And I would like bark orders at him to make this and make that. Mm-hmm. And he actually ended up getting really good in the kitchen. Oh, good. That's good. Surprise twist. My husband learned how to cook because I would (laughs) just like shout, "Uh, make me this, make me this. And then the pandemic happened um, while I was pregnant. Like I was touring and doing like a one woman show while I was like had a big bump and I was doing comedy with the bump. And I started to love all the jokes I was telling because it was almost like you have a prop and you're just like so much more funny. Mm -hmm. You're no one in the crowd is. I don't want to say that I would go up and people would like judge me or whatever. But I mean, I think that being like a 20 something cute girl, you're trying to always prove to everyone like I actually am funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then being a pregnant lady, I think it's just disarming and people are like way more willing to laugh because you're not cute. I mean, you're adorable. Right. 
but you're, do, you're but doing no one's something. like, is she trying to fuck my man? Like right. the energy <laughs> is gone of any kind of threat, any kind of anything. You're just like, there's a pregnant chick on stage telling jokes. And it's a teeny bit novel and I'm here for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. take, I'll take anything I can get. Um, so I was having so much fun telling pregnant jokes. And then that came to a halt but I was like planning on doing an album. I'm like, I'm going to do all this pregnant jokes and I'm going to have a pregnancy album. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, they were like, I reached out to the um, comedy dynamics where I did my last album and they were like, okay, we'll do an album with you. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a pregnancy album. Yes. And then they were like, actually, we want to do a special. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do a pregnancy special <laughs> nine months pregnant. And in my head, I was like, that's, um, I was really, really excited. And I think that that kept me really going and really optimistic. And then obviously the pandemic happened and I got right. like, emailed two days in and I was like, yeah, we're not going to do the special anymore. And I'm like, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm happy I handled it pretty well. I was like, right. okay, no worries. I guess I'll just have a baby. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll just have a baby. And then what happened is they contacted me and were like, actually, we are going to do it. And then they said it like, I think it was like July 7th or something. And that was six weeks after my due date or maybe seven. And then that became the thing was like, okay, I have a half, I have to make a baby. I have to get the baby out of me. And then I'm going to do my special and it's going to be a postpartum special. Mm -hmm. And so- that sounds way harder than being nine months pregnant. I don't know. Yes and no. No? Because it kept, those two things kept me occupied. It's like, yeah. oh, you're stressed out about your special? Stress out about your baby. Oh, you're yeah. stressed out about your baby? Stress out about your special. <laughs> so like my mind got to juggle the two stressors, which was right. oddly nice and also stressful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I just say that because it, my number one fear so far is uh, like my rebounds. Like when am I going to feel physically capable to like stand up, carry, move, bend up and like go up and down stairs and like do things like physically. And I'm worried about like being so uncomfortable postpartum. Yeah. Physically. And I don't want to be like, and you should be, Yeah, but it's just like, it's yeah. just so something I had to learn. I was like, it's not really up to you. Right. Like whether your boobs have a ton of milk, but for some reason the kid's not latching, mm-hmm. or if you have a kid that's amazing at latching and you're barely producing milk, how the hell the, do you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just do not know. Is your cervix going to like open up like a giant balloon and a baby's going to slide out? Or Hopefully. are you going to have to have an emergency C-section? I don't know. Yeah. I hope the best for you. <laughs> I, I was determined and I like would steer anyone away from anything that starts with determination. Right. I was determined. I'm trying to be to flexible. A, yeah, exactly. I was Whatever. determined to have a vaginal birth okay. and I was determined to breastfeed for like a whole year and it just didn't happen. And I was also determined to like do things as natural as I could. And that did not happen either. What did happen? Uh, oh God. What no. did happen is I got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. By four or five months, I think people were like, oh, this girl's about to pop. And I'm uh-huh. like, but I'm not. And I got, I was so big. 
how big? So big. <laughs> I was so fucking big. And yet no, nothing was coming out. And uh-huh. my mom and like moms can be so annoying because yeah. they think they know everything and they kind of do, but it's also just like, let me be a person. Do they? Because I really hate sentences that start with, you should really. And you I'm should like, really you should a... really shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also really annoying. Like, okay, it's going to happen that way. So my mom, in general, I do believe, and this is really annoying, but I really kind of buy however your mom, your personal mother delivered you and her experience will probably kind of sort of reflect your experience. So my mom was like, you know, you were late, Jacqueline, like your sisters were late. It's just going to happen. And I was like, no, I will have this baby on time. He's going to come at his due date. And she was like, okay, whatever. Of course he was late. And we had to induce, which to me was just like, oh, I don't want to have to induce. I want him to come. I wanted the water to break. I wanted to rush to the hospital (laughs) because I'm having a baby. And it did not happen like that. Um, And even I went into the doctor, maybe I was a week late or something, or maybe I was like right at my due date. And I was like, here I am on my due date (laughs) visiting my doctor. And I was basically just like, I don't want to induce. I want to wait. I want to give it time to happen naturally. And it didn't. Mm. And I was disappointed because I was so headstrong that I was disappointed. So we're on our way to, we finally were like, okay, they said, we'll wait until this Friday or I don't know if it's like a Thursday. And so finally I was like, okay, we'll go in to induce today. And we were supposed to go in at eight o'clock and they called us. They're like, it's slammed. All these women came in with like, you know, their water broke. They're actually <laughs> going into labor. So then, of course, that just made me feel even worse because right. I'm just like, oh, great. The girl who has to induce gets bumped by a bunch of bitches who are just like gushing water. And they're like, I could only imagine like all these women having a natural birth. And yeah. then me just being like, here we go. And then um, ruined. Everything's ruined. Yeah. I did something. I was on the way to the airport or airport. It really felt like we were going to the airport. Well, yeah. Cause you're rushing. You know? And it wasn't, they're like, it wasn't even rushing. They yeah, finally called that midnight. We called the hospitals. We we're supposed to be in there at eight. And then I was mm-hmm. like, can you call? And Noah was like, Hey, so <laughs> we were supposed to come in at eight. And they're like, Oh, did you still want to come? <laughs> Cause it's midnight. And we're like, yeah, we still want to come. And they're like, oh, okay, then come now. There shouldn't be too much of a wait. And I'm like, promising, (laughs) you know, and like, all I wanted was to like be bursting with amniotic fluid. Yeah. And to have this natural birth. And instead it's like, I feel like we're at a TJ Fridays and we got a buzzer to wait for our table. Like it was just fine. So we're going to induce I didn't have, uh, you know, midwives and things like that, but maybe I had a fantasy of having like doulas and midwives and it's just completely out the door. And then on our way there, we're in our car and we're like headed to the hospital and I'm so excited to just get this freaking baby out of me. Right. And I said to Noah on the way there, I'm like, if they want to do a C-section, they're going to have to put a gun to my head to cut me open. He was like, got it. (laughs) Got it. 
<laughs> Women I'm are like, crazy. No, no you listen to me. They force those C-sections. They right, force yeah. them because the doctors want to get home early for right. dinner. So they just force you to have a C-section and that's not going to happen to me. I did see that on the business of giving birth. Ricky Lake put and that I in watched, my head. I watched the business of giving birth, which put all these ideas <laughs> yeah. in my head that doctors are rushing home to yeah. dinner. Yeah. And they said midwives are witches and you can just have a baby in a bathtub by yourself, even if it's breach. So yeah, right. I'm here with all of this propaganda that I've filled my head with. And yeah, like in a perfect world, I have a baby in on a farm in a bathtub with no nothing. But it wasn't a perfect world. I come from a long line of babies that don't know when their time is ready. Like they no concept of due date. Mm -hmm. I also think it's crazy that, you know, we're given a due date and it's different in France. Your due date is different than your due date in America. Like, right. But you're given this due date and you just sit back and like count the days or whatever. And then you pass the due date and you're like, "Ah, I hate everyone. But then there's, of course, the flip side. And I've gotten familiar, which is people who give birth really early and have premature babies and they go to the NICU and they have their own like tra traumatic journey. Yeah. So I've learned to accept and love my baby that was so late and didn't want to come out. Anyway, so we go to the hospital. They, they like, it took a pretty long time. I don't know if you know this, but they, well, maybe it's different at every hospital, but they put me in a room away from Noah, my husband, oh. and they were like, Have you been abused? And I'm like, No. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Have you been this and this? And I'm like, No. Can I give birth now? Right. They're just screening you. Yeah. And oh, well, yeah. And I also had to take a COVID test the night right, before. Yeah. And, you know, like, crazy. <sighs> so, anyways, right before you go into your triage and then you're this, it's like, first, we're going to grill you on whether yeah, you. It's like every level of trauma. Like, but and how I'm about, like, okay, physical trauma. All right. Now, oh, and then we they always ask you, have you been pregnant before? How many abortions? How many miscarriages? You know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm very, very fortunate. My numbers are zero and it's my first pregnancy. But like, whew, if I had a miscarriage and abortions, I mean, another trigger, like, right. Really yeah. Right You're torturing me at this rate. Oh, yeah. Oh, now that I'm about to give birth, why don't we talk about all my miscarriages and my abortions? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. What else guys. do you want to know? You want to know about my childhood? Oh, <laughs> like, who bullied you? <laughs> so then you're, and also you're nine months pregnant. You're right. so big and hungry and moody. Anyways, so we go to the, we finally get a room. Finally. I think it's like hours later. And then um, the room was nice. And you're like, I'm in my room and I'm going to give birth in this room. Possibly. Right. And then, um, you know, I felt like the nurses were angelic. I thought they were like angelic creatures. I really had a great experience with the nurses. I wanted to like make out with all of them because they were just like gentle and lovely and kind and nurturing and like everything I needed. Um, and they started pumping me with Pitocin and, oh, first it was the, they put a pill to soften the cervix, which is very common. And they're like, we'll check on you in four or five hours, <sighs> four or five hours go by. There's no budge. And then they're like, okay, we're going to try the balloon. Then my cervix opens like one or two centimeters, but like your girl is 
shut. Like my cervix was a frosty little bitch and she would not open up. Um, I know people who took the the initial pill and just went into labor immediately. Right. I apparently am, my drug tolerance is incredibly high. (laughs) And then they, um, finally I was like, I don't know, do the next thing. And they started giving me Pitocin. So then they cranked up the Pitocin it, hours went by hours. They would check on me, nothing. They would check on me. Okay. One centimeter more. And then I was like, I'm in pain. Can I have an epidural? <laughs> and then they were like, yeah. So they get the, uh, the guy with the epidural comes and he's kind of older. Oh, okay. and I liked it. Oh, okay. And he you was made me like, nervous when you said he it. was like, like he's where my spine. I is. know. No, he had been around town. He clearly, I was working with like the supervisor of the supervisor. And I okay. said to him, um, how long have you been doing this? And he's like 35 years. And I'm like, have you ever had an issue? And he's like, not once. And I'm <laughs> like, great. Give me the epidural, you know? Um, right. and he did. And it was, it was great. And then Sometimes I think like people in LA have a different experience in New York or it depends what hospital, but they Where were you? Were you in LA? I was in uh, New York Presbyterian, oh, so okay. like right next to the Bronx, but not the Bronx, mm-hmm. but right next to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And there was a clicker that they gave me. You push it and you get more epidural. Right. But you can't kill yourself. That's good. It stops you before that. Yes. And they're like, keep giving it to you. And I was like, really? I can just keep going. (laughs) So many, many hours went by and I would click my clicker and they had, um, finally they were like, it's been a long time. So I was like 30 something hours in and my freaking cervix was still not and at that rate, were you just like, just cut him out of me? Or were you like natural? <laughs> I was just like doing my mantras, like my uh-huh. body, my open up, please mm-hmm. body. Like I was still trying to mentally, mm-hmm. you know, manifest, like get him out. Yes. Open up. I was trying to tell my body <laughs> to open up. And I like, cause I'm all about like visualize Focusing. open up uh, you got this you you can do it you were made for this moment right and, and I, was, like, I guess I, I I guess I was kind of holding on to this hope that yeah all of a sudden they were gonna come in and check on me and finger me and tell me that he's crowning and it mm-hmm. just didn't happen so then 36 hours in they were like we think that maybe we should do a cease. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to disappoint. I mean, they anyone. waited so long. They waited so that. long. So I felt like I gave it my all. Yeah. I gave it my go. I, oh, they popped. They also had to get a supervisor to approve the amount of Pitocin that they were giving to me because it was like above whatever is normal. They just kept going more, 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 more. And then finally they were like, we need someone to supervise. And then they were like, yeah, I'll okay it. So they had me at like max, max dose. Mm -hmm. And still my body was like, we're good. Right. We don't want to have a baby today. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we got to Friday at 6.01. Finally, oh yeah, the door shut and I didn't call my mom or anything. Like there were people on the line trying to wondering like what's happening. And finally, um, I like just said individually to Noah, I was like, 
I'm not going to call my mom. I'm not going to text anyone. I just want to make this decision on my own. I'm going right. to get, let's get, let's do this. section. No, it's like, okay. Yeah, I agree. You gave it your all. Like, That's gosh, good. That's men, are no so use- men are so useful. <laughs> By the way, he was miserable because it was cold. But it was also like 36 hours and you guys started at midnight. So I keep, thinking, I know it like, was when just, when did awful. you sleep and did you eat? And then, cause they starve you once you get there. Right. Um, they do, I guess that's the story, but my okay. personal story is we just kept asking them for food. Like Noah oh. was like, can I get a coffee? And I'm like, can I also get a coffee? And they're like, can we get food? And they brought like gross turkey discs and I like gobbled them up oh. and they brought some food and I, I don't know if I was allowed to eat it or not allowed, but I was so hungry and I didn't care. Right. Well, look good. So you ate. I hear they starved you. But I ate. (laughs) He also had like chocolate batons and like Cheez-Its. Like we were just snacking for 36 hours. Literally nothing was happening. Yeah. They were giving me drugs, but my, but nothing was actually happening. And finally, you know what it was that was the like, trigger moment for me to like well first of all it was the nurses and doctors being like it's time to do a c-section but also I was um they told me that they were monitoring my heart rate and they were monitoring the baby's heart rate and then the baby's heart rate was totally fine until hour 35 or something and they were like okay so it's starting to look like the baby's heart rate's going up and is getting affected by stress Exactly. And I was like, mm-hmm. my baby. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, we need to do a C-section. So I felt like we get, you know what? It wasn't like, oh, my doctor was in a rush to get home. So he did right. a C-section. I was like, no, no we went a long through. Time. There was nine shifts happening. <laughs> like you see the nurses come and go. You're like, bye, Sally. See you next week. Like how long am I? I just felt like I lived there. You know, yeah. <laughs> how long am I going to be here? And then we got into the operating room and you know, I was awake while they cut me open and pulled out the baby. And then and you were like cognitive. Yeah. And like, I definitely felt, I felt like jello in my legs, like couldn't okay. feel it, but I could kind of feel tugging. Okay. So almost like, but it wasn't that like pressure. Like- so I have like a hack for getting a C-section. Oh, and what is that? So what happened is the anesthesiologist was this dude and he was sitting next to me cause they had, he did his job, which was to like numb me. Right. And he was sitting there and Noah was sitting there and then a bunch of people were operating on me. Right. On the other side had, of the curtain. Did they have yes, a big, yeah, big curtain? Yeah. Now had everyone been quiet, I would have stood there or stood there, laid there thinking, all right, that kind of feels weird. That feels weird. What was that? What was that noise? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do like, I, you know, like when you're getting a massage, you're so aware of like, oh, they're, oh, that feels good on my shoulders. Oh, you know, like you're being right and you're very, and you don't see it, but you feel it. So even a massage would have felt weird because you know what's happening. They're cutting you open and yanking out a baby and stitching you up. And like, are they moving organs around? I don't know. Instead, what happened was this anesthesiologist had a chief's hat. I don't care about sports. My husband says something about his like chief's scrub hat. They start talking about sports. Somehow I start talking about sports and I forgot. Well, no, I don't know if I forgot, but it took me out. 
Right. Okay. Of is that my thing? Is that oh my are they pulling this? What are they yanking? Like, I think that I think it's like you don't want to be so focused on the surgery because you are aware, but you can't really feel it, but you could feel tugging. Uh-huh. And no matter what in your brain, you're like, oh, I'm getting cut open. Right. Like yeah. it's gross. It's crazy. You're squ- it's almost like someone giving you a shot and you're like watching the shot happen. You're like, ah. but like if you were distracted, you wouldn't know. It was like a pinch. Right. But I think like as much as someone can kind of talk to you about, and it was a, it was the dumbest conversation. I think it was like sports teams. And then he's like, where are you from? And he's like, Denver. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're Denver fans like it was small talk and you were but you weren't like wacky that the drugs that they gave oh I was I was probably like me drunk or me high like also I'm so good at drugs and I think that that's a problem (laughs) like clearly I was like sorry Pitocin but your girl has a high tolerance like the way I describe it But no, I mean, I think I was loopy, but maybe like one glass of wine loopy, okay. not like bleh, bleh, bleh. I wasn't like Quaaludes, Wolf of right. Wall Street. And you're not puking or anything because no. of the anesthesia. You're just like pretty standard. Yeah, like one or two glass of wine loopy, but okay. still like I can have a conversation. So anyways, I guess my advice is like get out of thinking about your C-section and talk to someone about something dumb. Thanks for listening. That's it for part one of our conversation with Esther Steinberg. Join me again next week for 32 weeks and hearing more from Esther. The Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is brought to you by SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast and the Sit Down Podcast with Mike Racine. If you're enjoying the show so far, please take the time to rate and review us on your podcast player. See you again next week. Bye.